Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. We have all of the technology and opportunity to depress ourselves uh, in every every moment of the, of the day and all the news. You know, you can look for something negative anywhere. And of course, that's what gets the most clicks oftentimes. So I think in terms of the, the right mindset, um, we've already touched on some of it, which is that energy sort of, you know, one of the first when I when I first start a conversation with someone, usually kind of a, whether it's a, a coaching or a mentorship conversation, I'm asking them or in interviews when I interview people for roles, I'm asking them what gives you energy, like not at a high level. I mean, at a at a tactical level, the actual activity you engaged in earlier today or last week or whatever, they really kind of gave you energy. Now let's figure out how we can kind of connect that to, to the activities you could be engaging in to grow your business because somebody is going to have the best year of their career in 2023. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. The real estate market changes every day, and these shifts are causing more confusion and fear than ever. What consumers really want is an expert who can connect the dots and explain their options simply and effectively. Keeping Current Matters is changing the way agents educate their clients by giving you trusted insights that build confidence and timely marketing content that helps you stand out from the competition. Keeping Current Matters makes it easy to be the market expert so you can spend more time on what matters most, your clients. Visit trykcm.com forward slash realtrends to learn more. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Ryan Gorman, CEO of Coldwell Banker. Ryan was also named a Housing Wire Vanguard winner this year. So welcome, Ryan. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. This will be fun. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. I think the last time we talked, we um, had Booker, I believe, on the podcast. We talked about diversity and yes. inclusion and all the things that Coldwell Banker is doing um, to support that effort as well. Yeah, that's, so. that's a good reminder. This one might not be quite as much fun. Booker's a, a hoot. We have a we have a good time. So I'll, I'll try to carry the water, but you got to lower the lower the expectations. I think. Oh, I think you'll do just fine. Um, I really want to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, what Coldwell Banker is doing right now to really thrive as a company on both the franchise and the company owned side in today's kind of uncertain housing market. And what are steps that you've taken to contain operating costs? Um, and then we'll talk about where your focus is going into the new year. So we'll start with just kind of what are the strategic moves that you're making right now? Well, I'm glad you called it an uncertain market. I think people are uncertain what to call it, really, because when you look at a lot of the numbers, it's still it's still strong, depending on relative to what relative to last year and the year before, certainly not. Right. But um, when we look at how many people are transacting, how price is holding up and whatnot, still a lot of strength out there. So what we're trying to do is not is to react and not overreact, try and focus more than anything else. So whether it's in the company owned operations, the affiliate side of the business or what we're advising others to do, really trying to make sure that we're 
we're not just sort of trimming around all the edges, but we're really deciding what's going to be the most important and impactful things we can do in 2023. And let's prepare for those. So there's certainly some of the trimming. There's certainly some things, uh, you know, uh, individual budgets or components that we say, well, can that be 5% lower, 10% lower? Let's find a way. And typically we're able to, to do so. Then there's other areas where we might raise the bar on talent, which sounds better than it feels sometimes because we might be actually looking at some you know, talented individuals who aren't necessarily performing the way they could be performing and saying, hey, we're going to put them into a more challenging market next year. Is this really the best seat for them? Should they perhaps be doing something else or maybe even returning to the sales side of the business if they were you know, previously there and had a lot of success there? So some tough talent decisions definitely are part of it. The biggest though is deciding if we're doing say 10 things in a certain area, whether it's a marketing category or a, a market focus or a growth category, what are the likely to be the most impactful, accessible and successful in 2023? Knowing the market we're in, knowing what the mindset's going to be of agents, brokers and consumers. If it's two or three of those things, then we sort of challenge ourselves to say, well, should we be reducing a bit the others or maybe we should be eliminating some of the others entirely? So really just doing fewer things and going all in on those. And and it, it's a painful discussion, painful process, because we, we're not doing anything that nobody wanted to do, right? There was always a, a huge passion behind it, probably a lot of value behind it, a lot of return on investment behind it. But it's almost freeing to make some binary decisions between go or no go, as opposed to the very painful, well, can you do that for 75% of the budget that we had allotted? And oh, I'm not really sure I can do it with excellence then. And but to rather say, mm, is is this the year that we put that on pause? Or do we just really think of that as maybe a 2024 strategy as opposed to rolling that out in 2023? That's a lot of where the, the focus and attention is going. Well, I want to get into that just a little bit before we go into the rest. Um, when you're making those decisions, because they're really difficult decisions, like you said, nobody is doing something that you didn't as a company want to do. Um, you know, what are your what are your primary decision-making, um, you know, the format that you go through to, to make those decisions? So usually it's trying to decide what's the most important goal for whatever the expenditure is or for, or for the time period, right? So is the most important goal, uh, you know, growth in a certain market? Okay, well, what's likely to lead to that? And, and I say growth relative to, for instance, retention. And it doesn't seem like those two things should be um, in tension with one another. They should be building upon one another. In a good market, they absolutely are. But in a market of more restrained circumstances or higher uncertainty, you might have to pick a path. So you may actually have to choose between you know, opening that additional office or reinvesting in the the office that you know can serve that market, just maybe not serve it as well as you would have liked uh, with that additional opening. Now, that's a that's a facilities decision, that's a money decision, but it's also a people decision. So for instance, if you were going to take your most talented manager and move them to that new spot and say, hey, you did a good job in that market, but we want you to crush it. So we want you to totally focus on that and stand that up. A ton of their time and attention is going into those growth activities that are not necessarily paying off today, right? Establishing themselves in the market, building a whole new set of relationships, really trying to figure out you know, how this market operates and how we can grow best. So it's wildly inefficient. And it's also incredibly necessary to eventually by 2024, 2025, 2026, to have solid market share and to really be established in that new area. So if you say, well, it is a period of lower certainty, which I'd characterize 2023 as a period of lower certainty, is that the time to jump in? Now, there'll be lots of different 
parts of the company where in one place we will say yes, and in another place we will say no, right? Because of a certain market condition, maybe the competitive environment, maybe because there's a specific agent or group of agents who just really want to upgrade to coal banker and like this is the moment and the moment they're not going to wait and we're, and we're not going to you know be able to just kind of circle back and say give me six months, so we have to jump on it. And the same is true with uh, competitors. There will be competitors who decide now is the time to to enter a market I've always wanted to be in and others are pulling back so I can really be the one who kind of goes in and makes a big splash. Uh, and depending on how that goes and depending on how the market goes, they're going to be geniuses or they're going to be fools. Most likely they'll be somewhere in between um, and they will just have sub-optimized some investments and uh, you know made excellent investments elsewhere. Yeah. And I, you know, the brokers I've talked to have really been... Um taking a huge step toward increasing their agent productivity. Um, mm. You know, obviously recruiting retention is, is super important, but it, you know, also recruiting the correct, you know, I don't say correct, the right agents for your culture and for your business, and then helping them and bringing them along in productivity. So where are some other ways that you're seeing the most opportunity for brokers um, in this market? I think being really clear on what you want to do, like it sounds like some of the brokers you're talking to are pretty clear on their on what their culture actually is. I think a lot of people are pretty willing and able to say whether a certain agent will fit in their business, but not necessarily able to say why exactly. They kind of know it, they feel it, but they don't necessarily know why. If you're super clear on on what your culture actually is or what your strategy is, what your focus is, you're only going to go after those folks who you really want. Now, this is super hard like easy to say, hard to do when it comes to large established brokerages, right? So think of a, you know, a five office broker out there who's been around for two generations in the family. They've long been successful and they decide they're going to have a really super clear strategy. And that strategy is going to be to serve that kind of, you know, second and, and bottom of the first quartile agents sort of like, you know, solidly productive agent kind of come good market cycles or bad market cycles. That's the group that just sort of never stops, you know, it ebbs and flows, but it never stops. And, and they decide, you know, generationally for our family, that's what we want to focus on. That might also be a group who's very open to utilizing our primary services or some other things. So that's going to be our focus. One of the challenges is you're that five office, second generation brokerage. You have a lot of agents already with you today who don't fit the group that you just decided to serve. Uh, and that that can be very painful to get from here to there. And oftentimes what happens is people have one foot on the dock and one foot in the boat, and they sort of try to keep everyone they have while being laser focused on serving a certain you know group or, or, or subset in the future. That's really hard to do. I mean, that's kind of what, as a, as a large organization, it's kind of what we have to do every day to one degree or another, but it's extremely difficult to actually pull off. And I can't say that we always pulled off for sure. I mean, I can think of hundreds of examples where, where we were in the water, we fell between the, the dock and the boat. But for a lot of brokers out there, the best thing they can do for the third generation of that particular example is to be laser focused and to move swiftly in that direction. And if you do so in a hot market or a, or a challenge or uncertain market, I'm not sure if it matters as long as you have some financial wherewithal to be able to to withstand uh, you know that whatever whatever comes your way in the near term. I do not see this as like the prior downturn where you know it's an existential threat for a lot of different uh, organizations. But I think a lot of people will struggle if they you know hadn't really set aside some funds for a rainy day. Yeah, I feel like you know during a, a boom market, brokers kind of get fat and happy, and they you know spend money, and um, you know they they still obviously focus on the basics of recruiting and retention. Um, but it's a lot easier to open a new office or um, you know expand your services when you've got a lot of money coming in the door. I say a lot with, with absolutely, quotes. yeah, and for all of us. I mean, for consumers as well. I mean, you can't you can't see what's behind my my screen here, but I've, I'm you know 
what seems like an endless construction project uh, behind my house here. You know, it was it was begun in one market cycle and it's lasted through seemingly two other you know, market cycles. And so, you know, I've had to kind of keep that investment going, but I've watched the contractors go from idle, so thrilled to have any opportunity to so busy, I can't even get, you know, uh, base materials delivered to now suddenly all kinds of time freeing up as other people are not starting projects and canceling them and whatnot. So it's kind of human nature. It's really just, it's very difficult to see a world that doesn't look like the world that you're in right now. And and you have to plan for something uh, because frankly, if you're the broker who only plans for the worst downturn, uh, you may never go bankrupt, but you may never grow. You know, I want to talk about agent opportunity too, because a lot of agents, um, we've done some studies here at Real Trends on the number of um, agents who have never been through a market that really it's, it's somewhat of a normal market, but let's just say a slower market based on what, what it's been for the last several years. And they're finding that it's not as easy um, as they thought it might be. So where are you seeing opportunity, you know, I guess for brokers with education and like, are you doing any specific projects um, to to facilitate that? Um, and then where do you see opportunity for agents in the in the coming maybe three, six months? It's a good question. So in the education side, we always are, and we have a relatively robust uh, you know, set of education opportunities for folks. However, the appetite shifts over time, right? So you, know, you see uh, a more uncertain market emerging. You see what I think is premature and probably not, not particularly well-advised interest in suddenly REOs and short sales. And like, I need to know everything about this because I fear that, that that's coming. I, I don't know that's anyone's highest and best use uh, of their time right in this particular moment. But when it comes to the building blocks of your business, we have some agents who have had a lot of success in the past few years who are now re-engaging in some of our most, like, for instance, our AMP course, that's really all about prospecting and growing your business and, and was originally designed for people who were newer to the business. But what they're finding is they need the fundamentals because they were so busy, transactionally busy, so flat out, I can't handle another transaction. If another buyer calls me, I'm going to hand them off to uh, you know another agent in my office. Then suddenly it comes to a screeching halt for some folks because they haven't done the prospect and they haven't necessarily you know uh, sown the seeds. And a couple of, we have a seasonal decline that's matched by a cyclical decline at the same time. So it's terrifying for folks, right? So now they're re-engaging in those basics, the, the actual prospecting, getting out there and putting themselves out there and realizing I think two things, and everyone's different, so I'm massively generalizing, but I think two of the things that they're realizing is they really weren't very thoughtful or regimented about their prospecting approach until now, and that includes their marketing dollars, right? So they knew they were spending money, but they really didn't know what the return and investment of that money. They didn't even necessarily know where all their clients came from, and now they have an opportunity to do that work. Look back at where they spent their time, where they spent their money, and where their clients actually came from and and do that matching up. And two, they may not have actually done any true prospecting work. And it might be fairly intimidating to do so. Some of whom I've had some conversations recently with agents who've done, I mean, 30, 40, 50 transactions, which is a lot of experience. First of all, it's like 30, 40, 50 transactions more than any consumer you're going to meet for the most part, right? But it's a lot of experience. And they're finding themselves intimidated by the prospect of door knocking or calling on folks because they're like, I'm not sure, you know, I, I, I don't have experience in this market. I haven't seen this before. I'm not sure what's going to happen next. So I'm not sure I'm comfortable you know, putting myself out there and they, they almost need 
some role playing, some scripting, and some confidence to say you one. Hopefully, you're with a great broker, great brand. You've got you can tap into the resources no matter what comes your way. You'll you'll be able to serve the consumer that shows up. But two, you have terrific skills. You have terrific experience. The difference in a transaction that was at a four percent interest rate and a seven percent interest rate, or was when you know uh, you had forty offers on a house, or you have four offers on a house. There's more similarity than there is differences. But I think folks need to be reminded of that, and that doesn't just go for agents. I mean, that goes for our staff, our brokers. And for me, you know, I've got people saying the same thing to me, saying, you know, well, let me give you a little of your own medicine. Like that, you're you're worried about this, but hey, that doesn't that look just like this thing that we just did the other day. Yeah, I know a Coldwell Banker um, agent locally who is she's just a master of the event marketing. Um, Mm. And it's anything. It's really personal marketing. It's not just events. I mean, she does everything from put birthday signs in front of people's yards to hand out Starbucks gift cards, like literally standing you know, in the in the drive through, handing them out with a cup branding and everything. And um, I, I just think that some of that prospecting, what agents don't understand is that they have to personalize it to what they're comfortable Absolutely. with. Absolutely. You know, maybe door knocking isn't their thing. I, that's a great point. I mean, it's such a great, because literally when you were talking about her handing out cards at the drive-thru, I was thinking what was literally going through my mind was, I bet that gives her energy. I bet the day that she does that for the morning rush, she's got more energy for the rest of the day than just about any other activity she can engage in. And if it doesn't, she shouldn't be doing it, of course, but like that probably really powers her through because she has realized maybe through discussions with folks or, or her own experience, what really gives her that kind of juice, like what really gives. And, and then she engages fully in that. So if that's what you love, number one, don't let somebody like me challenge you too much on the ROI of your time there. And, you know, because you could talk yourself out of actually the things that give you energy, but two it probably works because you can tell if you're if you're sitting at a drive-thru, somebody who seems relatively miserable walks up to you and hands you a five dollars. They, they may as well have just wasted that five dollars. They may as well have just burned it. It's not going to. Yeah. But someone's got a big smile on their face. They're asking you how your day is. You're surprising. You know, they're, they're surprising you with a little gift, the you know, amount from heaven. You're thinking, how do I pay this forward? That's so cool. You tell three people at work about it. Like they give energy to you. You give it right back to them. I think that's really really important right now, especially. Yeah, it is. And and there's so many creative ideas out there that, um, you know, agents can can learn from so many other agents and to meet attending some of the events that are out there um, to meet these other agents, especially locally, is is so important right now to really keep your your motivation going. Absolutely. Um, as well, yeah, some of those accountability partnerships, I mentioned on a call earlier today that there's accountability partnerships are well understood. Um, but attitude accountability partnerships is something that I feel like should be out there today. Right. So like, you know, someone who you maybe, maybe event to maybe you kind of, uh, you know, share your worries with whatever else, but they also kind of remind you of all the good things that you got going on and give you back some of the energy that you're usually putting out there into the universe. And I think, uh, connecting with other agents can absolutely do that. We are a sort of unique subset of humanity that is that is floating around the the, the real estate sales space right so like it, i think we are predisposed to be able to give one another energy when we get together absolutely um and i want to talk a little bit about mindset because i think that's so important in in um you know today you know what are your thoughts on kind of helping brokers and agents kind of reach that mindset of growth and opportunity during this market rather than focus on everything that they see going wrong in the world, in the world, in their business, whatever it is. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to do that, right? I mean, we, we 
we have all of the uh, the technology and opportunity to depress ourselves uh, in every every moment of the, of the day and all the news, you know, you can look for something negative anywhere. And of course, that's what gets the most clicks oftentimes. So I think in terms of the, the right mindset, um, we've already touched on some of it, which is that energy sort of, you know, one of the first when I when I first start a conversation with someone, usually kind of a, whether it's a, a coaching or a mentorship conversation, I'm asking them or in interviews when I interview people for roles, I'm asking them what gives you energy, like not at a high level, I mean, at a at a tactical level, the actual activity you engaged in earlier today or last week or whatever, they really kind of gave you energy. Now let's figure out how we can kind of connect that to, to the activities you could be engaging in to grow your business, because somebody is going to have the best year of their career in 2023. When I say somebody, I mean like hundreds of thousands of people are going to have the best year of their career in 2023. Somebody in your market, maybe even in your office, is going to have a phenomenal breakout, incomparable year in 2023. They're going to be so busy. They're going to be asking you to help them. If they can do it, you can do it. You may not want to. You may not want to engage fully. It might not be the right time for you. But if you decide that is something that's important to you, let's connect your energy to your potential outcome. And let's try and make sure we're moving in that in that direction to really, truly achieve that. Because when we really look at the overall numbers, I mean, we there are there are sectors that have true booms and busts, right? So the oil sector for one. I mean, it really kind of goes from, you know, making a mint to everyone's bankrupt, right? The, if you look at you know cryptocurrencies or or commodities trading or all kinds of other things, it's it's all over the map. A, a lot of the sort of you know uh, luxury jewelry, all kinds of things. When you look at ours, I mean, we lose our minds when things fluctuate between like four million and six million homes. I mean, that's, you know, that's a difference of a third. That's a, you know, there are markets that trade more than that intraday than, than we do. So the opportunity is going to be there. People are going to want to move. They're going to want to buy and sell. They're going to want to invest literally millions and millions and millions of people are going to do that. And your marketplace, a ton of them will too. So it's really up to you whether or not you want to gain your unfair share of those folks. I'll say beyond that, there are a whole lot of people that literally will make a decision to, to, to move because they connected with you at the right moment in time. It's not just that they're going to move no matter what, and they're going to pick an agent. That's There is a real philosophy of abundance that should come into play here, which is truly, if you are connecting with people, whether you're door knocking or, or doing the drive through or going to events or whatever it is, you're going to connect with people who you can help them to dispel myths, to go through their own sort of psychological and family counseling to decide that, yes, actually now is the right time for us to move our family forward to kind of take the next step. And then you can help them to unlock that opportunity. So you can actually grow your own market. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to kind of go back to brokers a little bit and talk about some of the, um, you know, advice you're you're giving to brokers in, in your network right now and what you're seeing as maybe their, um, I guess, challenges or, or maybe it's more where they're choosing to focus at this point. I mean, that's I, people are probably tired of hearing me say the word focus at this point, but that really is the the, the watchword for 2023, because I think with the right focus, you can achieve the outcomes that you want. So I uh, have a lot of conversations with lots of brokers, a, lot, a big part of you know what I do, and um, and I get a lot of energy from it, frankly. So I, I enjoy it as they think about their plan for 2023. I'm asking them oftentimes to think about their plan through 2026. In other words, if you want to serve markets you're not currently serving, could this be an opportunity to do so? Do you know other brokers in some of those markets who are getting to a point in time where they're saying to themselves, you know what, I don't want to go through another cycle. Now is the time. I'm more open to perhaps a more flexible arrangement to sell my company or to you know take you on as a as a partner, you know, with a with a buyout plan. 
I'm I'm more willing to engage on terms that are probably reasonable today than I was yesterday, which is not everybody. But if you know you want to get into a certain area, you want to grow in a certain way, now's the time to perhaps start that conversation. What I worry about, frankly, as we go into 2023, is people reaching that point calling a lot of folks and saying, hey, now might be the time to get out. And then those brokers, which might be called banker brokers, calling us and saying, hey, I never thought about getting into this market before, but I just got a call from that market. And it might be a great opportunity. While that occasionally does work out. So, you know, before people all you know start sending me emails about the story of where it worked out, I'll just say, yes, it does occasionally work out. It, it usually does not. If you had not decided to pursue, whether it's the luxury, you know, waterfront sector of an area you had been serving and, and all that comes with it, right? There's good and bad that comes with that. You know, there's challenges and opportunity that comes with that. Or, uh, you know, a, a town, two towns away that's historically been served by another family that had not been on your radar before. It's probably for a pretty good reason. But if it is, if it's in your plan for the next three years and there's three areas of growth that you're focused on for the next three years, one of those three is probably perfect to be your sole and exclusive focus in an uncertain market like 2023. It's probably not all three, probably don't try and run in three directions at once, but it's probably one of them. And then if you really make that your goal, it's gonna happen. Like you will manifest it to be so. You will talk to every broker in the market that you're looking to enter, for instance. You will start those conversations today. They will all tell you like, no, I'm fine. And matter of fact, I'm making money hand over fist. It's the best time ever. And three months from now, because you're gonna follow up every single month, you're gonna do lots of dinners, lots of lunches, lots of coffees. One of them or more of them are gonna raise their hand and say, you know what? What did you have in mind? Why don't we start that conversation? Yeah, I'm. Uh, the, what I'm hearing is, you know, the walkovers and local, um, low, you know, hyper local M and A is is going to be really big. I know that the, the big players are out um, right now for you know the the private equity people, but um, you know those small brokerages where the the broker does the majority of the business in that office and has a couple of agents with them is a prime opportunity now for um, for brokers who are in a position to to um, absolutely I mean they're investing their time in administrative tasks today which may be perfectly fine with them but for some people mm, you know I, maybe it wasn't the most fun thing you know for in the first place but certainly in a tougher market it's even less fun and they want to free themselves up we've obviously done on the company owned side, a lot of acquisitions, right? I mean, over 500 acquisitions. And I cannot tell you the number of times that the selling broker owner tells us that their best sales year as an agent is the year after we acquired their operation and they joined us. And I, I love to say it's all because of, of Cole Banker brand and tools and support and all. I'm sure some of that is 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 in the secret sauce. But a big part of it is because they just, they just refocused. They just completely and exclusively focused on their sales activities and it took off like a rocket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my final question is really what's next for Coldwell Banker? Yeah, so focus is going to be key for, for what's next for uh, 2023 for sure. And part of our focus is going to be on the actual transaction itself, right? So obviously we and, and you know hopefully every other broker and brand focus a lot on helping our agents to grow their business, to be introduced to new consumers and then to be able to shepherd them through. But the, one of the things that we're focused a lot on right now is within the larger Anywhere enterprise, we have true and deep and actually pretty broad expertise in everything having to do with the transaction itself. Like literally every micro dynamic and idiosyncrasy of backwater title insurance, you know, uh, survey data and, and getting into the mortgage you know, components of the sort of non-government loans. And uh, there are a whole lot of aspects that we actually have really, really deep expertise in. And we do bring that to bear for individual consumers, but we've never 
we've never really packaged and productized that in a way that that we have some other activities. So for instance, our listing concierge product is something that it's listing marketing activities that were always done, but they we raise the bar with what quality and what time frame and with what standard results where they were done to a point where agents can show up to their consumer and say, here's how I'm going to market your home in this incredibly compelling, clear, concise way. And I'm going to add my own expertise on top of this baseline package and product. That's what we're going to be doing on the actual transaction front itself. I'm really trying to bring that to bear in a way that an agent can be so confident and proud they're showing up to a consumer and saying to them, when you work with me, not necessarily when you work with us, when you work with me, an army appears at the time of that contract signing to get you to the promised land. And there is nothing that will arise in the interim that we cannot handle, have not handled a million times and probably handled three times before 8 a.m. today, right? Like we're really going to be able to convey that kind of confidence. So when we think of our focus with our teams, that's one of the aspects that's going to be uh, key for us in 2023. Now, is that something that you're you're rolling out or is it something that you're already doing that you're um, you know packaging it a little differently? Yeah, so more to come. We're going to talk more about that probably in a few weeks and a lot into next year, but it really has to do with bringing our uh, Anywhere Integrated Services team, which is operates in the field, you know, through lots of different brands that, you know, consumers and, and agents might be familiar with, uh, you know, Sunbelt Title, for instance, and, you know, Guarantee Rate Affinity teams on the mortgage side and all that, together with the company owned and some of the affiliate uh, leaders on the, the brokerage side. We've got all the talent there. We've got all the processes there. But we've not actually standardized and productized those in a way that we have before. So you'll see some kind of uh, scrappy, rough and ready, uh, you know, kind of pilot programs in different places. We've already got a couple of those uh, up and running today. And then you'll see a lot more sort of professional grade implementation over time. So we're not even talking about like rollout right now or sort of like, you know, specific product. We're, we're really trying to see like, what's the hook? What's the dynamic that's going to give the kind of confidence to the people that we serve to say like, yes, this is, I can now just, I always felt good about this, but now I can describe it in a way that I wasn't able to before. I even have collateral to go with it where I, that I can share with my clients in the world that this is kind of what you can expect when you work with us. Uh, so it'll be, it might feel to the world like a slow burn if it's something that goes, uh, you know, throughout 2023. But for us, we're, uh, we're running hard and fast after it. Well, good. I look forward to hearing more about it. So Thank you. Yeah, it should be exciting. Yeah, and Ryan, thanks so much for joining the Real Trend Ring podcast. It's always a pleasure to have you on and offer your insight to brokers and agents about the industry. So thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's always a pleasure to chat with you in general, and uh, I appreciate you having an opportunity to, to chat about this as well. So thank you so much for your interest in the industry itself and for helping us all to raise our game. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.